0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Fitness for 95ers podcast by me, Andrew Marsham. Firstly, who am I? I'm an online health and fitness coach. I help busy professionals get in the best shape of their life by burning fat, building muscle, helping you achieve your dream physique. Also, get the camera on again for those watching on YouTube, with, a bit my, with my face a bit in the, the laptop there, but of course I'm reading off some notes. So, Who am I, what I do, that's who I am, what I do and who I help. Now I'm going to be covering the fat loss basics in this episode today and of course for those who leave a review that is going to be a bonus, I'm going to send you over my full on fat loss presentation, this is a free fat loss training video, it's a webinar as such, not so much a presentation, more a webinar and at the end of that also comes a custom meal plan. So, for anyone who needs a bit of advice around nutrition, needs some structure, who needs things to get started for their fat loss, head over to that, i sorry, leave a review, then it's all yours. And for those on YouTube, comment below and I'll send you over the link. So, also for anyone listening, if you were, feel free to take a screenshot, tag me in your stories as well, it'd be highly appreciated. So, there's a few things we need to cover for the Fat Loss Basics. These are calorie deficit, nutrition, training, cardio, what to do for a plateau, tips for hunger in the later stages, and diet breaks. That's what we're going to be breaking down today, so quite a lot to get into, to to be honest. So first and foremost, you cannot lose fat if you are not in a caloric deficit, if you are not consuming less than you're burning off, you're not going to burn fat. It doesn't matter how healthy you eat or how healthy you think you're eating, you can gain weight, gain fat by even eating healthy foods. So you ask the question, what the fuck do I eat then? So you need to be conscious of what you're eating and the amounts you're eating and not just what you're eating. It's not that you can't just eat, you know, massive amounts of whatever, you know, whole natural foods, steak, fish, potatoes, eggs, rice, whatever. And if you're in the caloric surplus, if you're taking in more energy than you're burning off, you're not going to lose weight. So how do you create a caloric deficit? Simple. You start by tracking your nutrition. Now, this can be a bit of a nightmare for some people. I completely understand. But tracking nutrition is going to give you real hard data on what you're actually consuming. Once you do that, if you're not losing weight, simply cut some calories. Simply take some food out. It's literally that simple. It does not have to be difficult. If you are someone who doesn't want to track calories, if you don't want to do that, then fine. But what you can do then is eat consistently and each consistently smaller portions. So let's say, for example, you have a three-egg omelet for breakfast usually. You have you know chicken, rice, something for lunch then dinners, some sort of meat, veg, some sort of pasta, this, something like that. Start by having a two egg on it, cut down the rice a bit, cut down the pasta a bit. That's how you start. That's how to get the ball rolling. But you have to be consuming less or moving more. That's the only two ways you can create a caloric deficit. Now, if you're not training, you're starting a weight training routine, doing some cardio, going out a walk, getting your step count up, all excellent ways to help create that caloric deficit. But these are things that you've got to do in order to do that. Now, you've got to be patient. Fat loss can come pretty quickly, in all honesty, um, depending on where you are, the level of experience, what you're doing, what you've done before. But if you get everything right and you get a good structure in place, good weight training routine, good cardio regimen, you're accountable, you're, you're eating a high-protein diet, you're going to see results pretty quickly if you've not been doing any of that. Or the less of that you've been doing, the more quickly you're going to see those results. So that's exciting, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, so that's, you've got to you've got to learn to be patient on that. And how to create that caloric deficit, of course, is either by moving more or eating less. So like I said, you can start by cutting down some food, start making some changes to your food, or if you're eating a very unhealthy foods, if your diet is extremely unhealthy at the moment, swapping it out for more whole, natural, health, healthy sources, removing some of those processed foods should, in theory, bring the calories down why do I in theory? Because the idea is that if you're eating a lot of processed foods, they're calorie-dense. So something like a packet of cookies, you know, it might only be half a sleeve long. It's not going to fill you up, but it could easily, you know, have 500, 600 calories, whereas a big bowl, you know, a big chicken breast pasta dish thing, I could make something pretty considerable at around only 500 calories, whereas that half a sleeve of cookies isn't really going to do much for me. So swapping out some of the processed foods and things like that to start off with can be a can be a definite way to go, or even just cutting down and snacking, things like that. So it's all about making small tweaks and adjustments to start off with, then starting to ramp things up. You don't need to do everything at once. That's just going to lead to you burning out, to not, you know, to getting overworked, to feeling overwhelmed, to feeling like it's too much too soon, all that, all that stuff, all those things. So Again, take small steps. Calorie and macronutrient tracking is highly recommended. It's what I do personally and it's what I recommend to my clients. I think it's the best way to go. It does take a bit of effort because I'm cleaning my glasses here for anybody who's watching, watching back to the YouTube video. Um, it does take a bit of effort in the initial stages. It does take a bit of learning. That's totally understandable. It's totally normal. But it's worth, you're, you're willing to, For most people, they're willing to go to the gym for maybe an hour, hour and a half a day. Maybe not every day, of course, but easily put an hour into the gym a few times a week. But by the same token, you're not willing to spend 10 to 15 minutes tracking your nutrition to make sure you're getting the right result. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound like something you've done before? If it does, does it really make sense? I don't think it does, to be perfectly honest. Let's face it. So, Get consistent with your eating. So, again, the method the method I chose, chose there, um, I talked about earlier there, was if you are someone who doesn't want to track calories, but you can eat consistently, so you can eat reasonably the same things in the same portion sizes, start by cutting down the portion sizes. But, again, I feel that the calorie and macro tracking is a much better route. One thing that most people skip out on, and it's a massive, massive factor in any fat loss diet, any muscle building diet as well, <laughs> is high protein, how I many of you think protein and think muscle building? You'd be completely wrong. No, you wouldn't be completely wrong. Sorry, but in th- you don't you don't you know tie it in with fat loss. It is massive for fat loss. So. If you're consuming a high protein diet, you're more likely to build muscle, which means you're more likely to burn fat because muscle itself burns fat. It's expensive tissue. It's expensive to have and even just carry around your frame. So if you're carrying more muscle, you're going to be burning more calories even in your sleep. Next, protein is satiating. It's very, very filling. I challenge MD to sit down and eat a 1,000 calories worth of chicken. That would be a hell of a lot of chicken to get through. Whereas, if you were to eat a thousand calories of carbs and fat from fucking ice cream or something like that, or from Ben and Jerry's, you could rattle a tub in Ben and Jerry's. No bother. Well over a thousand calories, but a thousand calories from chicken breast, different ball game. So very satiating, very filling. It's also got the thermic effect of food. So this is the actual energy used to digest the food. Now, for example, this in protein, it's around 25%. So 100 calories of protein should burn about 25 calories just digesting it. It's 8% and 4% for carbs and fat, respectively. They're there or thereabouts. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's quite a big difference. That's almost threefold for carbs and Eightfold for fats, so there is going to be a, a bit of a, be, a bit of a, a more benefit there. I don't think it's going to make a massive difference, but it certainly will make a difference. So it's definitely something to consider. Switching over to that higher protein diet is absolutely key for all sorts of health benefits reasons as well. So many you know nuances and things like that. I'm not really going to get into, but massive massive factor. Just this one thing alone, if you completely change your calories. Um, If you completely change your diet and started focusing on the higher protein intake, you would see massive results. You'd snack less, you'd have more energy, you'd have more muscle, you'd feel better, you'd be more healthy. Everything would just be feeling better. And a healthy body is one that works better. Most people think you need to restrict and pull out all these things and do all this overwork to try and get a fat loss result. If you just start by working on yourself, feeling better, trying to get yourself healthier from the inside out, that's going to have a massive, massive impact on you going forward for your fat loss goals. Next thing we can talk about is food types. So, as I talked about earlier today, Junior, um, if you are consuming a lot of high-processed foods, the likes of cookies, ice cream, sweets, things like that, they have a lot of calories, but not a lot of volume. So food volume is not keeping you full. For example, like I mentioned there, if you were to try and eat a thousand calories from broccoli, it would probably about the size of my upper body. You probably wouldn't be able to do it. Let's face it, whereas a thousand calories from Ben Jerry's, as I said, easy. So incorporating some higher volume foods is going to keep you fuller for longer, including some vegetables, some fruits, some slow digesting carbohydrates like oats, rice. Um, you know, potatoes, sweet potatoes, all these kind of things, whole grain sauces for for your breads and wraps, etc. They're going to be better options. we going to get they're going to keep you fuller for longer, which in turn is going to stop you eating crave eating um eating for chasing cravings. You know, turning to the snack cupboard etc. whatever that looks like. There's nothing magic about them. They just result in you ending up eating less which in turn causes a calorie deficit which in turn causes you to lose fat so that's the 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 deeper you get into a cut the more leaner you get the more fat loss becomes an issue and harder to do the more these higher volume foods come in so towards the end of a diet i'll be eating quite a lot of vegetables a of fruit things like that when i'm trying to get really lean because they're going to keep me fuller for longer Another one, hydration is key. So drinking plenty of water. There's a lot of um, kind of signaling goes on within your body, hunger signaling, things like that. And a lot of times when you're in a fat loss phase, if the hunger signaling is coming up, you feel like you need something to eat or you feel a craving coming on, go and drink a pint of water and see what happens. Nine times out of 10, it's just because you're thirsty. It's nothing to do with the fact that you're hungry. It's just a mental thing. Um, and once you have that from the water, once you have that effect, that satiation, when you down a pint of water as well, that's quite a lot to take in. That's going to have quite a big impact. And of course, no calories. So therefore, you're going to end up resulting in you eating less, which in turn, of course, back to calorie deficit. I recommend around three litres of water a day Minimum, I'm personally around five to six quite easily, but that's just me. I'm not everyone. What I suggest is getting a litre bottle, have it next to your bed, or sorry, have it next to yours all day, periodically sip on it. Start with a litre in the morning. This is one thing I set my clients up with, is a bit more than routine. Litre of water, take your supplements, take your vitamins, whatever it is, get your day off. You're ready well on your way then. It's just a matter of topping it off. You're going to the gym, you're probably going to have another litre then, and it's just a matter of filling in the gaps. No bother at all. That alone will make a massive difference. It's also going to help increase your energy, etc., which in turn is going to lead you to be moving about more and in turn lead to more fat loss. So you see how they all work together. It's not one thing inherently that's going to cause you to magically burn fat. They all work together, they all work in synergy. So, Next step we're moving on to, forget shakes and extreme diets. If you are trying to go down this route, this Herbalife route, all these stupid fucking extreme shakes that replace meals and you're eating nothing but chicken and broccoli and drinking three shakes a day, you are going down a horrible road. What happens there is you are going to lose weight rapidly for three reasons. Firstly, you're going to be in a calorie deficit, so you're probably going to be on under 1,000 calories. And if you're, you've been consuming 3,000, you're going to lose weight rapidly. Next, because they're so low carb, you're going to be losing a lot of water weight. And then you're also going to be losing a lot of glycogen. So this is the actual stores in your muscles, carbohydrates stored in your muscles. So this can lead to these 20 pounds in two weeks, overnight factors. But what happens as soon as you stop those diets? Let me ask you that. How many of you have tried it? How long did the results last? How many of you gained that weight back in a week, two weeks, even three and four? That's not right. That's not how you should be doing it. Then what happens is, after you go back to eating your original diet, because you were so extreme, because you were so restrictive, you now have a down-regulated, slowed-down metabolism, and it's going to be harder to burn fat again, so you were used to eating three thousand calories and maybe maintaining your weight or maybe gaining slightly, but you went on that extreme diet, done a thousand calories for twelve weeks. Your body's now used to taking in a thousand calories. You didn't. You stopped losing fat on it. So what do you think happens when you go back to eating three thousand calories? You're going to gain weight rapidly, much more rapidly than your metabolism can catch up so please 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 avoid them if you if you've ever um went through one of these please let me know and I'll try and help get you sorted try and get you back on track next let's talk about training so weight training is number 1 end of story period how many of you out there think that fat loss equals more cardio going runs going a jog going on the bike going on the t- treadmill cross trainer doesn't work like that. Cardio is effective and will burn more fat in the period of time worked. So, in a 10 minute period of doing cardio, I'll probably burn more cal- calories than I'm doing a 10 minute period of lifting weights. But what I get outside the gym is more muscle, which in turn is less, more calories burned. I also get energy post oxygen consumption, which is epoch. That means an increase in The oxygen consumption post-workout which causes you to burn more fat you're going to have an increase in metabolism weight training itself actually boosts your metabolism cardio does not so you get so much more benefits also you're going to look much better how many of you have seen people who marathon runners for example nothing against them but do they look amazing I don't think so, that's just my opinion could be wrong, some people might think they do but What would you rather look like, a marathon runner or a sprinter? For most guys out there anyway, that's this is mostly targeted at, you're probably going to choose the sprinter. Why? Because they're explosive. They're working hard. They're doing high-intensity work. That's the exact same crossover as weight training. That's the kind of stimulus you get. That's the kind of look. So more cardio does not equal more fat loss. All, all of the time. to do It shouldn't be your first port of call, is what I'm saying. It's a great tool, but it shouldn't be the first thing you go to. Weight training should all, always, always, always be number one. Now, supplemented with a good cardio routine. So, what's the best types of cardio we can use? There are a few different methods we can use. I personally have moved or preferred over the years doing low intensity steady state. And I'm now moving on to step counts, which I'm finding very good. Because you get yourself the step count, especially because you get out, you can outside, you're getting a walk, you get some fresh air, you go out, I go out and talk shape my stories. So it works really well for me. Um I can work while I'm walking. So that's productive. That's what I like to do. If you get pets and things, a dog, excellent. Get yourself outside, get yourself out a walk. You don't need to spend hours on end in the treadmill. The other option is the low-intensity steady-state for the likes of a treadmill, the the bike, etc., the elliptical. Why do I think these are better? I personally think they're better because if you're weight training four or five times a week, that's pretty hard to recover from. You're going to be sore the majority of the time if you're training correctly, if you're training hard, if you're in going after it. (coughs) Sorry. Lining up for a weight training, a hit training session where you're doing all-out sprints and giving it your all for 20 minutes maybe, that's as tough as a workout. That's another stimulus itself. You're going to have to psych yourself up for that as much as a workout. And you're going to get much more benefit from me from the weight training itself, from the actual resistance training, than you would from the hip workout. Now, if you are very short in time, like a lot of you are in this podcast, probably listening to this podcast, then HIIT can be a great idea. I have nothing against it. Just, You've just got to realise and weigh up the benefits. So the benefits of HIIT are of course, short and sharp. A lot of work done in a short space of time, you're going to get those uh, same adaptions as weight training. So there is some benefits there, but again, the recovery offset is going to be a lot. It's going to be hard work to recover from that if you're doing the weight training routine as well. So me personally, I like to incorporate low intensity steady state as well as weight training routine. Moderate cardio, likes of going a jog, going a run for maybe half an hour, forty minutes, something like that. Again, I've nothing wrong with it. I don't think it's the best option because it's neither high intensity nor, you know, steady state because you're probably going to have some form of impact on recovery, but you're not getting the benefits of the high intensity, the adaptions. But at the end of the day, if you enjoy it, if it's what gets you out moving, go and do it. There's no perfect answer here. What do you... you a lot of people will come to me and ask, what's the best thing for this? What's the best thing for that? What's the best thing for X? What's the best thing for Y? When's the best time to eat? What's the best thing for you? What do you enjoy? What can you sustain? What can you do over and over and over again that's going to get you a result? That's the question I always shoot back. So you've got to think about it contextually for you and your situation. There are no perfect answers to these questions. If I'm just trying to give you the benefits behind them, the advantages, disadvantages, and let you paint the picture yourself. But of course, figuring that picture out is very tough. That's why I'm here to help. That's why I want to help you figure it out. That's my, I can use my knowledge and experience to look at your situation. And of course, provide the best program, the best setup, the best cardio plan, whatever it is I can provide. So that's the kind of varying situations that you would use for them. And of course, um, picking a, a one that you can choose together, so a good solid weight training routine, I recommend four to five days a week for most, unless you're individual, three to four, more than enough, um, just getting started out, even seeing my client, former client Ross, he did amazing results in just two workouts a week, so there you go, you can see what results by, as long as you're consistent, the key being consistency there, so the best routine is going to be a combination of both, combining the weights with some cardio, Adding it in, when's the best times to do cardio. Personally, if you can split it up, that is amazing. I've seen the best results with myself doing that. But of course, not all of us have that luxury. Not all of us can get up at four in the morning and go around like me, like a sad bastard. So what do you do? Throw it in post-workout. If you're doing low intensity, steady state, Post-workout will be perfectly fine. Maybe 15 minutes before, 15 minutes after. Use it as a bit of a warm-up as well. No bother at all. That should get half an hour of cardio in for the day. If you've got that wee bit of spare time or put it to a separate day, separate the weekend, go out, hit a step count every day, set that as a minimum. Those things are great ways to really up your game and really get the fat loss going. Um, so next thing we're going to talk about, I've got, I've got a study listed here, but I'm not sure why, why I listed it. That's quite annoying. <laughs> I'm sure there's been some good information here, but that's what happens when you list these in advance. So what happens when you hit a plateau? So firstly, what is a plateau? A plateau is when you have been stuck at a certain weight, a certain body fat percentage for probably at least two weeks, at least 10 days anyway. If you feel like you've been stuck and you've only been there for a week or maybe five days, you've probably not given it enough time. But I want to touch quickly on before we move on, and how to measure your progress best for fat loss. So in order to see consistent results and actually get good measurements for what you're doing, I recommend weighing in an average every week. So I personally weigh in Monday to Friday and get my clients to weigh in Monday to Friday as well, or Tuesday to Friday. Not doesn't really matter. As long as you're getting at least four to five weigh-ins, that's going to give you a good picture. Then what to do is take your average for the week. Do that every week. If you are not changing week to week in the average scale of things, then it's time to change things up. If you've had a plateau for two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row your average numbers are staying the same. Then we change it. That's how I like to operate. So, for example, why do we do this? So you could you could hit a, let's say you 60 kilos, right? Monday you weigh in 60 kilos. That's going to fluctuate. If you're only weighing in once every week, you might have a high day. You might then be up with a low day. So you might go from 60 to 58, and that could be a low day. And then you might have a high day because you had a bad weekend. You're back up to 59. You know, you think you've gained weight, whereas your average might show a totally different story. So taking an average is a far much more effective and accurate way to do so. So what do you do when you plateau? Also another good way to, to take progress is pictures and measurements in the same condition. So take them at the same time, in the same place, in the same lighting by the same person if you're getting somebody to take them. To repeat everything as much as you can, that's gonna give you the best picture. Pick a time every two weeks, for example, that's what I like to do for my clients, where you are taking your photos, you're taking your measurements, it's the same backdrop, it's a time you know you can hit, you know it's easy to do, stress-free, doesn't matter when it is or where it is, as long as it's consistent. What do you do when you hit a plateau then? So there's a couple of options you can do. Firstly, you've got to look at your routine. either You're either going to up the training volume, up the activity, or decrease the food. How much do you decrease food by? If you're tracking nutrition, if you're tracking calories, I recommend just cutting 100 calories from carbohydrates if that's an option or fats. Keep the protein where it is. Keep the protein high. Again, I recommend one gram per pound. I don't think I mentioned that earlier, but one gram per pound. So if you weigh 150 pounds, I recommend 150 um, grams of protein a day. I've got loads of videos over on my YouTube on how to work out your macro split. Sorry, I'll leave a link to one in the, the show notes below I'll leave the, the, the macro video how to work those out for you in the description so start by cutting 100 calories that's sometimes enough just to get fat loss going again it depends on the person depends how much you're actually eating um, this is going to be totally situational or as I said earlier just pulling something out of your diet if you're eating consistently like you're so going from a 3 egg omelette to a 2 egg omelette then maybe cutting down a wee bit of the pasta etc etc something along those lines or you can increase the cardio activity a great one is increase step count by 20% so if you've had a plateau if you've stagnated up the step count by 20% keep going Um, next you could add in 20 to 30 minutes of low intensity steady state so adding five minutes on after every workout across your five workouts for the week that might just be enough to get things moving Make small, small tweaks and adjustments. There's no need to drop a thousand calories or add two hours of cardio in, especially if you're rushed and trying to fit it in around your working day job. This could be something as simple as one that I heard before that I liked was getting off a, a... a stop early in the, tr- in the train for people who work in London or getting off a bus stop earlier, parking further away in the car park, taking the stairs, looking for ways you can get extra steps in, looking for ways you can just get that wee bit of activity, going to the, the printer that's further away. I do that in work. I'm a sad, maybe a sad bastard, but it gets results. Taking the, taking the long route, parking in the far away car park in the morning, Doing these small things really adds up and it takes a lot of stress out. You don't even realise you're doing it. Um, or if you're doing hit, maybe add in another session. To start with, you know, in all honesty, if you're doing hip, four weight workouts and two hit routines a week is going to be more than enough for most individuals. Unless you're a high-level athlete, that's probably going to be pushing the boundary. So that's kind of the level of training I would suggest. Um. That's kind of where that. at if you've had a plateau. If you get any questions on that, a plateau, a plateau. If you've got any questions on that at all, please don't hesitate to ask. And again, really, if you're really enjoying these podcasts, please let me know. Screenshot the podcast, share it in your stories. I would be highly, highly appreciated. Next, we're going to get into diet breaks. So. What are diet breaks? This is simply a period where you increase increase calories to maintenance, so you're eating slightly more in order to reset your metabolism, increase your energy, give you a wee break, and then allow you to continue the fat loss. So if you've got a lot of fat to lose, a lot of weight to lose, or if you're doing it for a period of maybe you know longer than 12 to 16 weeks, or even on a period in that length, there's a lot of science coming out regarding diet breaks. So this is a one to two week break where you bring calories up to maintenance. Now the idea is not to go on a full out binge and just go off your or totally off plan and just cut out all the progress you made. It's simply to slightly increase calories to boost your metabolism, give you some energy back, get your neat levels back up, get you feeling good again. So if you get to that stage where you're feeling a wee bit run down, feeling like you're almost in a hole, um, then it can can be a good time to maybe think about a diet break. So for the length and amount of diet break, what we're actually doing, um, again, one to two weeks is good. What you to do is slightly up your calories, maybe again, totally dependent, maybe by 10, 20% max, cut down in your training a wee bit, so pull out some cardio, take a wee break, chill out for five to seven days, and that just might refresh and reset you to continue to hammer again. And the benefits of this are, well, you know, increased metabolism, so you're going to be able to diet for a longer period of time, you're going to be able to come out of the diet with a faster metabolism, so you're not going to do much, as much damage as you would, as much you won't have as much adaptions, sorry. Um, rephrase that as you would have just diet straight through so when you go to maybe trying to look to build some muscle or to come off the diet and just maintain what you've done what you've got you're going to be able to do it and maintain it on higher food which is going to be easier to maintain there's nothing wrong with being able to eat a lot of food that's the goal to be able to eat 3000 calories and maintain your weight who wouldn't want that (laughs) You know, to be able to eat virtually anything you want and get to a place where you can maintain your weight. That is what I'm aiming to go. That's where I'm almost at at the moment myself. I maintain my weight in nearly 3,000 calories a day. So with a few smart tweaks, with a few tactics and some well-thought-out diet plans and strategies, you can get to that yourself. So what to do when you're getting to the harder stage of a diet? When you're getting lean, when you're getting to... The crabby face when your when your body fats a bit low, you've been dieting a long time. Um, firstly, you can increase your water intake, like I said before. Nine times out of ten, the hunger signalling can just be thirst mixed up. They are very similar in the brain. So, a couple of ways you can do it. it's just increase water intake. Again, learn to know your body. If you find you are. Eating, prefer to eat at night if you eat more at night if you find you, you can power on through the morning maybe fasting in the morning is something you could look at maybe skipping breakfast there's nothing inherently wrong with it if you're in the fat loss phase not, not a problem but if you find you're eating more calories at night if you find that's when you might pretend to dip into the snack cupboard or whatever and you're sitting watching TV, then save some calories for night. That's simple. It works. There's nothing wrong with it. By But by no means, don't leave every single last calorie you have for night and sit and eat 3,000 calories at <laughs> the last meal of the day. Um, it's not going to end well. Your digestion is going to be off. Sleep's not going to be too good. So again, learn to know your body. What, when are you hungry the most? Keep the food for then. Again, include more higher volume foods, like I mentioned, your fruits, vegetables, things like that, higher starch carbohydrates, so swapping bowls of cereal for oats, you know, things like that, swapping brown rice and white rice for potatoes, much more volume food, um, getting those higher volume foods, i including a lot of leafy greens, salads, etc. going to fill you up, but not cost you a lot of calories. Use diet drinks, again, diet juices I find work really well, especially when I'm craving that sweet tooth, I have, I've got a horrible sweet tooth, not a horrible one, nothing wrong with it, but I just tend to have a sweet tooth. Um, so those diet drinks are really helpful for me in the latter stage of a diet when I'm getting really lean. And if you are trying to get really lean, you know, under 12 10%, you know, where you have visible abs, that's going. To, it's going to get tough. It's going to get tough in that those latter stages will be a bit harder. Yeah, you've got your energy will be down, etc. But if you embrace it and get on with it, you're going to look amazing. But stay focused. Keep setting the goals. Keep moving forward. Don't give up on your fucking dreams. Keep going. You can achieve your dream physique, whatever it looks like. It's so possible with a bit of time and effort. You can get there. Absolutely no doubt about it. And always have a plan for after the diet. Don't just plan to diet for 12 weeks, then stop. You're just going to end up back to square one. You're going to end up in a worse place because of the metabolic adaptions, like I said earlier. So touching on reverse dieting, that's another thing we can talk about quickly before we finish up here. And that is slowly ramping back up your calories the same way you brought them down. So as you brought your calories down in a diet to lose fat, to make adjustments that way, you would do the very same, going the opposite way for reverse dieting. And that is how you reverse diet in, in a nutshell. Um, and doing so, making those small tweaks over time and actually trying to bring your calories back up over a period of, say, 12 to 16 weeks is going to be a much more effective way to keep the fat off and not just rebound to where you've done before, like every other diet you've done. This is so key, and it's such a massive mistake. You've got to think about this. There's got to be a plan. If you don't know how to plan for the after your diet, if you feel like you don't know what a reverse diet is, and if you need some more information, head over to Andrew Marks Fitness on Instagram or Facebook. Drop me a message and let me know, and I'll happily discuss the topic with you and talk you through how you can take the next steps to avoid going back to that fat gain stage. But that's been the podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Um can't remember what the next episode's going to be on, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be one to look out for. Let me fucking just check, actually. Don't want to leave you. So it's going to be time saving in the gym at around 95 life, something I'm sure a lot of you've been interested in. And for those, of course who leave a review, you'll be receiving my free fat loss webinar and custom meal plan. And also for anyone who tags me in their stories and takes a screenshot of this on their phone, shares it on in their stories, Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is, or shares it in some manner, I'll be giving out a free coaching call as well. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Please leave a review. Please let me know how you've got on. And if you like any future topics covered, don't hesitate to get in touch. Hopefully you've enjoyed the video or the podcast, the video for those on YouTube.